Buying your first home is so exciting, but let's be honest, it's also overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, first you have to figure out where you want to live. Then you have to figure out if you'll be approved for a loan. Then you've got to think about inspections, closing costs, insurance, and property taxes, all on top of making the offer and hoping they accept it. It's a lot. But lucky for you, our friends at League Real Estate are here to make buying your first home an incredible experience. In fact, LeagueRE.com slash close is your one-stop shop for anything related to buying your first home. We're talking advice on mortgage lending, how to calculate your monthly payment, access to incredible agents, and so much more. So if you feel overwhelmed by everything that goes into buying a home, rest easy knowing the incredible people at League are here to help guide you through it every step of the way. They're here for you and ready to serve. So again, that's LeagueRE.com slash close for the absolute best home buying experience. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brooke Seal. Hey, people. And this is a special episode because we have with us today the best mustache in Fort Worth, Texas. And it's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> He's in a category all on his own. We got to sit down and chat with Alex Lapari, um, and I loved getting to sit and chat with him. We talked about all kinds of things, um, how kind of getting to love on and become genuine pals with a lot of people experiencing homelessness in Fort Worth has kind of shaped his life and his story and even what that does now in his career in real estate. Um, I just had a fascinating conversation about not making fear-based decisions. And I think people are going to really have fun listening to this one. Totally. It's a good one. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Alex Lapari. Bro, welcome to the podcast. Honored to be here. Absolutely honored. I'm so stoked you're here. Yeah, we have a lot of things that I want to ask you about. One, I always just love just catching up with you. Thank you. Yeah, that's always a good I time. feel the same. Okay, good. Well, and literally, when we did Colin's episode, I ran into Alex in Cherry Coffee a couple of days after, and he came up, and Alex and I have met a handful of times like over the last couple of years because we have a bunch of mutual friends. Of course. And so we know each other are. <clears throat> and I'm obsessed with your wife. I think she's like the coolest person on this side of heaven. She's so cool. Makes Shout out. Yep, yep. She's so cool. <laughs> And Alex came up to me and he's like, Brooke, oh my God, I just listened to Colin's episode, quality podcast. And then he posted about it on his Instagram and I was like, is this what it feels like to just make it when one of your <laughs> like personal kind of people that you think is just the coolest, like affirms you in something? I was like, we're doing something right. <laughs> well, he was, and now you're here. He's a great guy to have on the podcast. He is. He's a, he was a lot of fun. high on my list of Fort Worth humans for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who else is on that list? Because, oh. because that's a really... Really interesting distinction, right? Yes, and I make the joke, uh, and it's not a joke all the time, but I, I say it probably too often than I should. <laughs> okay. Uh, like the Fort Worth Mount Rushmore. Oh. oh. It's one of my favorite compliments. What a great uh, image. Being like, this person is on Fort Worth's Mount Rushmore. Okay. Um, and what's tough yeah. is if you think about it, Mount Rushmore really only has four heads. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. In person. Uh, <laughs> but I've probably given it out to at least a dozen people. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Do they know that? They do. And I'll tell okay. you, it's not, uh, I don't think it's actually too widespread when I think about it. It's just that there's so many great humans in our city. Yeah. Um, yeah. That deserve totally to be on Fort Worth's Mount Rushmore. You're uh, not wrong. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot. I uh, 
good friends, Graham McMillan. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, love him. Love him. We know everyone knows Graham. I'd put him on Mount Rushmore, 100. <laughs> percent Right. I know. I'm gonna say this is gonna be like an acceptance speech. I'm gonna leave somebody out. I'm gonna have to text them later. Be like, Dude, I, was, I was thinking I of you the think whole time. That you're on there. You should also be on there. Uh, yeah. I. I recently, Chris Molina. If you know Chris Molina, uh-huh. uh, good buddy, works at Six Ave with me. Uh, he deserves to be on there. Uh, Ty Bowden. Yeah. Uh, I think both of y'all. Are on there, and it's not even a question. I, I didn't even say it first because I thought it went without saying. But oh, that's sure. super. You guys are looking at me like you're ready for it. Uh, <laughs> well, that well, the check cleared, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> anyway, a lot of people. Our city has a lot of great people. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, Colin for sure needs to be on that list. He, um, we've been talking about bringing him back on just to share his biscuit story. Have you heard his biscuit story? I, I don't know if I have. He said it's an hour long story. <laughs> So it's like it's just gonna be the entire episode. And I think that I've heard that he has a story that's an hour long. Yeah. And I don't think I've heard the the whole thing. Yeah. That's when you know it's good though. If you've heard about the story and haven't actually heard the story, right? It's got to be good. Or is it just a myth? Like, is it, is it non-existent? <laughs> and he's like the perfect personality to play it. I'm right. Like, I have. As a you story. say, either way, I'd be intrigued enough to listen. Dude, whatever he's got to say. Some 100%. people have the ability to tell a story that can go on forever, and you're just engaged. The, whole, the time. whole time. Like there was a guy that I did ministry with for a long time named Will Jacobs. And he had this story that, that, that he would tell high school kids if there was ever like a lull or on like a bus ride. He'd be like, yo, have you ever, you know, ever heard the Shaggy Dog story? And they're like, no, what's up? And he goes, all right, so it's wild. There was this guy who had this like really shaggy dog. And he's like walking him down the street. And this person was like, dude, that's a really shaggy dog. You shouldn't enter your dog into a shaggy dog contest. They're everywhere. Yeah, and he goes, okay, cool. So <laughs> he goes home, looks it up, realizes there's a neighborhood shaggy dog contest. So he goes, he enters his dog, and guess what? He wins. No doubt. Yeah. So the next <laughs> no day, doubt. he's walking his dog, and they're like, yo, that's a really shaggy dog. You should take your dog to a shaggy dog contest. He goes, you know what? I, I just won the neighborhood one. Let's see if there's more, right? So he looks it up. Turns out there's a there's a, a block party, university, whatever. The point of the story is that he just keeps going from like neighborhood to like the block. <laughs> to like regional right, to right, state right, totally. to national. And like and like he would go on for I mean, just forever. And these kids would be like, dude, like, is this ever gonna end? He's like, dude, I'm about to get to the punchline. Do you wanna hear it or not? And they go, All right, fine. And it's like, dude, like there is no punchline. Like it just go as long as you possibly can until, <laughs> until someone Yeah, totally. It's hilarious. Incredible. So, anyway. That's such a good party trick. Um, well, bro, let's talk about you. Okay. Let's go back. You're from Kansas City. Kansas City. Right? The Kansas side or Missouri side? Kansas City, Missouri. Oh. Oh. That's right. That always confused me for the longest time. Yeah. One city, two states. Um, not as many folks from Missouri make it down to Texas and TCU. Yeah, I can imagine. Select few. Select few. What's right. what's kind of the dynamics between the Missouri side and the Kansas side? Yeah, good question. Uh, <laughs> and these are going to be some generalizations. <laughs> uh, typically, we'll say it this way. Folks that come down, and I, my perspective is a little bit biased from my experience at TCU, but folks that come down uh, specifically to go to school here in Texas uh, that are from the Kansas side uh-huh. go to public school. Okay. Uh, and the reason 
is because the Kansas public schools are private schools. <laughs> oh, okay. They are incredible. Okay. Uh, very nice. Now, on the Missouri side, there are very few folks uh, that come down this way uh-huh. that went to public school. Okay. Uh, because the public schools are public schools. <laughs> uh, and so you either went to Rockhurst, you went to a different private school. Um, however, I myself and one other person that I went to TC with made it down here from Missouri side public schools. And I wear it like a badge of honor. Nice, dude. Yeah. I feel like I've been through something, <laughs> which is hilarious because I went to like a very nice suburban right. <laughs> school. public school. Yeah, yeah. Great. yeah, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Dude, that's awesome. How would you describe high school, Alex? Oh, man. That's a funny question. Uh, well, I'll say this. So I'm standing here, and I'm 5'10 on a good day okay. uh, <laughs> wearing my, my Clarks. Um, and that didn't happen until senior year of high school. Okay. No way. And freshman year of college. Yeah. Uh, so in all honesty, uh, I talked a lot, and I was very insecure. Okay. Uh, mm. And so I was little, um, and I felt... Uh, like I didn't know what I was good at. I got yeah. cut from the basketball team, which was like my one thing that I felt yeah. like I was good at. And they were just like, dude, you are so little. <laughs> and you could so, have played at my high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could have. Thank you. Yeah, you would have done uh, well. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I was a little bit insecure, um, but uh, acted, I feel like, very confident in a lot yeah. of ways and made up for it by being kind of silly yeah um, and making jokes and talking yeah. talking a lot yeah Got you went the class clown route I, w- I was definitely the class clown route yeah uh, so yeah. you probably had a lot of friends then i feel like i had a handful it, of friends I, yeah. I feel like i fit in well with different crowds because everyone's like oh yeah like he's kind of funny yeah I mean, yeah he be around <laughs> yeah yeah so instead of just picking like your one or two like true crew you kind of were like a friend to all and you kind of took that path which uh, is kind of ironic because if you feel insecure, it's like, oh, the kid that has one or two friends. But then, like, you talk to people that went to high school, and honestly, spoiler, everyone was insecure in high school. <laughs> Even people are like, oh, I'm not insecure. Yes, you are. You're yeah. totally like when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, you're insecure. That's totally. just the badge of honor that you got to earn, kind of as a young person. Right. So that's interesting that you kind of took that route. I bet other people probably didn't perceive you as insecure. Yeah, uh, and I had a core group for sure. I mean, I yeah. have two. I have two or three friends that I keep up with from high school total. Oh, that's cool. Uh, to this day, yeah, like best friends of the world. Um, and so I had a core group that I was like always felt safe yeah. in. Um, and then outside of that, it was like trying to yeah find other folks totally. to kind of connect with in some ways, and never really quite feeling like I was part of a different yeah. Yeah, so that was me in high school. So when you came to TCU for college, did that feel like a fresh start? Like, were you excited to get out of that, or were you, like, wanting to stay back, or, like, how yeah. did all that play out? Okay, so this is kind of a funny story uh, a little bit. So um, I had decided I was going to go to Mizzou with my best friends. Oh, okay. uh, that was the game plan, and my father was like, hey, you actually cannot go to school in this state. He's like, I need you to be a plane away, uh, was his rule. And I was like, why was that his rule? Uh, you know, in hindsight, I would say it was like just his wisdom. He's like, hey, you need yeah. to get out and experience yeah, yeah. something. Right. Like you're sure. going to go to, you know, Mizzou and you're going to hang out with the same people, have the right. same experience. You'll be back in Lee Summit. Right. Uh, shout out to Lee Summit. Uh, <laughs> you'll Love be back you. here in four years and like, that'll be your life. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is not bad in any sort of way. Totally. Uh, but he was like, you need to get out. So, 
I was like, all right. I applied to Mizzou uh, anyhow, um, and then I applied to Baylor and TCU, and those were the only schools really? that I applied to. Oh, wow. My best friend's brother had gone to Baylor, and okay. so I'd kind of grown up being like, oh, Baylor's cool. Yeah. Uh, applied to Baylor, and then my brother went to TCU. He's a year older than me, okay. so I was like, oh, I guess I'll apply to TCU. Uh, so I came down, visited TCU, uh, went to a couple parties with my brother, really did kind of like the fraternity scene, and yeah. I was like, all right, sure. TCU, like, goes hard. Like, I'm going to go to TCU <laughs> and get a party. Uh, and then I went and visited Baylor, um, and <laughs> I went with my buddy and his dad, and there was like a worship service on the main <laughs> lawn, uh, and like, that's what my experience was like at Baylor. And yeah. So in my head, I'm like, man, I got to make this decision. Like, go to Baylor and be a Christian, or go to TCU and like, party right. and like as, right, yeah. as a senior in high school like that's the thing I'm thinking about totally um, and I chose TCU <laughs> uh, and like two weeks before I came down to school here uh, I went on like last youth group yeah. trip uh, and uh, yeah getting vulnerable uh, I just feel like actually got God changed my heart mm. uh, and was like hey like you believe uh, in Jesus like you believe in what he did for you but like that like should mean something to mm. you as far as like how you live your yeah. life. Yeah. Wow. And in my head, I decided like I'd kind of already resigned. So I was like, hey, I'm gonna go to college. That's the time where I'm gonna put this on the back burner. Right. And then the rest of my life, like I'll pick yeah. God back up. Yeah, totally. Uh, and instead, He changed my heart. So I was like, man, I like all of my plans and visions for what college was going to be yeah. got turned upside down before you uh, even got to campus. Before I got here. Yeah. Uh, and so then like I went to frog camp. I just didn't talk to anybody. I was like, I don't know how to engage. Like if that's not what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. And so that's like how I got to TCU and was just unsure of what I was going to do. Totally. Uh, for the first couple months, really. Yeah. So, so had, had you planned to go the Greek route and then you just blew it all up? Totally. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, uh, my father was K-State Cap Sig. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, I'll be Cap Sig. <laughs> totally. I, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I didn't yeah. know the options, but I was just like, I'm Cap Sig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I went to like a couple of lunches, and pretty quickly I was like, man, this isn't for me, and the other folks sensed that. It was yeah. like, I didn't get invited to anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, it's not like, hey, come to the party. You could come in. It was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out on this pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, so what kind of became your thing? What did you end up doing? Uh, okay, so very quickly, I met a friend. Um, shout out to Jim Reed. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jim Reed. Jim Reed uh, the one and only. <laughs> no doubt about <laughs> it. Uh, and he's a great dude. And it's it's hilarious to me that uh, anytime I talk to folks, I'm like my first time at TCU, Jim Reed is part of it. Uh, <laughs> and so I met him, became friend Jim, uh, and I didn't have very many other friends. And so he says, hey, dude, come hang out with me and my friends on Lancaster. And I said, cool what's Lancaster and he said you will see when you get there and I was like all right like I don't have a lot of other options so you're uh, a high trust individual that's <laughs> what I'm getting yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. uh anyway so I went down to Lancaster with Jim uh and met a bunch of folks experiencing homelessness for the first time really yeah. in my life um mm. which is actually interesting in hindsight like had that set the trajectory for kind of my college experience yeah in a lot of ways yeah dude one what a funny way to describe that you know like because so i assume is that bingo and bagels but net yeah it was even before bingo and bagels it oh, was really? just called love for lancaster jim had started a 
organization called Love for Lancaster. Okay. We just went and stood outside the shelter and talked to folks. Dude, that's awesome. And yeah. Explain to people that don't have the context that y'all have. Like, break it down even a little bit more. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so Lancaster is a little bit east of downtown in Fort Worth, and it is really just the uh, couple of blocks where the city um, has put all of the resources mm-hmm. and um, shelters and different spaces for people experiencing homelessness in our mm-hmm. city. Um, and so it's a pretty tight area where yeah. there's just a lot of folks um, who are staying in shelters and staying outside. Totally. So a big part of your story is you ended up, we're fast forwarding a little bit, but you ended up working for an organization where you focused primarily on those experiencing homelessness. Was that your first taste of that world or like, where did that kind of spark in you? Yeah, that was, uh, it really was kind of the first taste of, of that world. I had done some things uh, before my family growing up. Um, we would, <laughs> actually it's hilarious now, we would deliver Christmas presents to folks in low income yeah. housing. Um, just a couple of years, and I was always, my parents were always around me, like, we went into one specific house, and the guy was there, and, you know, it's like a 600-square-foot apartment, and he had a recliner, and his TV was going, uh, and it was cold outside, but it was like 85 degrees in this place. <laughs> and they're like, you left, and your takeaway was, I think I could do that. Like, it's warm. You yeah. just have a TV. I'll put an Xbox in there. Like, I think <laughs> I could do that. And they're like, that is not quite That's what we were trying to get the, out of this. Yeah. Yeah. The aim um, takeaway. And so, but really other than that, yeah, going down to Lancaster was one of my first experiences. Um, And I recognized really early on the thing that kept me coming back um, was that engaging with folks, it was easy to tell that they did not feel that they were as good as you because they Mm. had less things than you. Mm. Um, And and I would say really quickly, uh, I recognized in myself and, uh, and God made it clear to me that I felt that I was better than other mm. people mm. Um, because my parents had more things yeah. than they did. Yeah. It wasn't even anything that I had done. Right. Uh, and so I was like, man, this is a backwards dynamic. Like this is right. just wrong. Um, and through talking with Jim and some other folks, it's like, man, the way to combat this yeah. is to, to be in proximity and just get to know folks. Yeah. Mm. Dude, that's, I think for those, those of us that know you and have been around you for a long time, like we've heard uh a lot of that before but i feel like that really is a pretty profound kind of shift in perspective to to see it from because i feel like most people would think oh the right way to do it is to give them food and give them the things that they need and shelter and all that stuff but the idea of what if we actually tried to restore some dignity that they don't have right and let's develop relationships because they're people that need community just like you and I do. And that that's the starting spot. Have you found that that's a pretty radical idea for people? Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more common, Yeah, um, which is neat. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, even still throughout the entire time working at the net, we would host trainings and it's like, hey, let's just define poverty together. Yeah. Um, and in our world, in our, you know, uh, middle to upper class individualistic culture here we mm-hmm. materialistic you know we define poverty as a lack of some material thing food right. money education shelter um, and what what people have found uh, is that people who are experiencing poverty describe it in more social or psychological mm. terms right the loneliness um, the hopelessness the isolation um, the inferiority complex and so all of those things uh, and so 
it took a while for me, and I think that uh, I've seen a lot of people, you know, once that have that conversation, like, oh, like I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, and so it's been neat. Yeah. Uh, over the years, seeing a group of people and even, you know, a bigger group of people in the world. Yeah. If you follow it on, you know, Twitter yeah. or different things. Yeah. Uh, kind of recognize yeah. that truth um, and take it from a radical idea to more of like a mainstream totally. thought for sure. What are some of your big takeaways from, from that season of your life working with that community? Yeah, man. Great question. Um, big takeaways is we, uh, man, I have a lot. Uh, okay. One is that nobody wants to fail, mm. Mm. right? I think a lot of times we uh, dismiss people because we just have, we just think that they have chosen this lot in life. Mm. Uh, but nobody wants to fail. It's just that not everybody knows how to succeed in the way that you think they should. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so that combines with everybody's definition of success is totally. different. Um, and so that was a big one is nobody wants to fail. There's just a, a lot of barriers for people to succeed in the way that you define success yeah. in many circumstances. Um, so that's one. Uh, another thing that I learned that I think has really shaped my life uh, is I'm a big believer that it is better to give than to receive. Mm. Um, and that is true for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, initially it was like, I found myself like rejecting gifts or people doing kind things for me if they didn't have a lot. Right. Um, and then I was like, man, like it is better for that person to give than receive. So how does that inform how I receive? Right. Mm. Um, and so this is kind of wild. My son just turned one a few months ago uh, and I have a friend uh, named David who stays in a hotel on Lancaster. Um, that's where he, he lives. He gets, you know, probably $900 a month from disability. Okay. Uh, he was so excited for Levi's first birthday. Oh. He filled up my entire truck with stuffed animals. No, no way. And not just like, oh, there's a couple stuffed animals here. <laughs> I'm telling Like overflowing. You, overflowing. With stuffed animals, I bet you it took up a quarter of his floor space. Like when he finally brought like the last like six or seventh like bag of stuffed animals, <laughs> of stuffed and animals was like to pushing you. it into my car to shut the door. Oh my uh, gosh! It was just like, man, this is nuts. Um, David, I do not want all these stuffed animals, <laughs> right? Uh, but I will receive them right. uh, <laughs> because I don't know how much money and time and energy yeah. you spent collecting these. Yeah. Uh, but I was very honored. Totally. Uh, yeah. And 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 the way that. You know, I received that, I felt like, was something that I learned totally mm. along the way. Um, well, and too, like, you know, on that note, like, I think that it's really easy for us to almost cast judgment in a weird way when we don't accept things because we're like, oh, well, man, like, you, you really don't need to be giving me that. Like, you really don't have enough to be, you know, generous. And, like, we almost kind of put people in a box of, like, oh, you don't make enough to be generous. Right. Which mm. is robbing them of the dignity of no 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 like I'm, I'm giving you because like I'm generous period like I just want to be a giver totally you know what I mean yeah and even in what you just said you're communicating unintentionally you are not good enough to right. be giving right mm. uh, which is like the complete opposite totally of what we're trying to yeah uh, trying to you know yeah ex have people experience and and communicate the truth and. Uh, so anyway, I received a lot of interesting <laughs> gifts. Of my <laughs> <laughs> it's really what that comes down to. That's cool. Dude, that's epic. Yeah. 
You know, most of us are nowhere close to famous, but it sure feels good when the people that love us most make us feel like a big deal. And a great way to do that is with a gift from Our Spare Change. Our Spare Change creates custom handcrafted jewelry that's created to specifically tell stories. You could get a special date or a meaningful phrase engraved on their stylish cuffs or even personalize it with a name. And now that it's wedding season, I can't help but think what a perfect gift that would make for a bridal party or a groom or a bride. I think Our Spare Change would be the perfect addition to the wedding season. But they've also got cute earrings and rings. And for the guys in your life, they have tie bars, cuffs, bookmarks, and keychains. We love the Southern California-based company and their passion for telling stories. So let Our Spare Change help you and the people in your life share your story by using promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your purchase at OurSpareChange.com. So you recently transitioned to full-time real estate. Full-time real estate, yeah. Which, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We talked about it a little earlier. Uh, we do have a, a title sponsor, the <laughs> Real Estate. They are excellent. They are. We love League. We, I love League. I love a handful of people at League. I also love League. <laughs> but you, you also work for Sixth Avenue Homes. Sixth Avenue Homes, that's right. Do you feel like that's kind of like uh, like the Bloods and the Crips of the Fort Worth real estate game? <laughs> I do not feel that way. <laughs> okay, good. I can see that. No, I feel like uh, I think it's really neat um, in a lot of ways. I think that the, the way that League operates, yeah. and, and truly what it comes down to is the way that their people treat not only their clients but other agents. They do an excellent job. I mean, I feel the way about Sixth Avenue Homes as well. Um, and so really I think it's actually not – uh, us versus them, yeah. but we serve a little bit different populations um, and ultimately are going to make the entire experience and, and Fort Worth real estate better. So I right. actually think we're working towards a common goal totally. of, of just doing real estate better. Dude. That's really cool. Great answer. Yeah, that you. was a, re- it was almost as if that was rehearsed and it, it wasn't. <laughs> it was such a good answer. Yeah. I said it six times in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bash them. Don't bash them. <laughs> I was like, what do I need to know? Okay, know. their title sponsor is League. I That's need to right. put up my put up my fist. <laughs> no, they are great. Yeah. yeah. Dude, how has that transition been being like full time real estate? Uh, it has been awesome in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I get to spend a lot of time with my family. Cool. Uh, mm. Which has been like incredible. Uh, like I said, boys about one and a half now. Uh, and I wrap up work most days about like 3.30 or 4. That's awesome. That is and awesome. I pick them up from daycare and play, and then I make dinner. Um, and so I just get to have a lot of quality time with my family yeah. that I love. Um, at the same time, uh, to an increasing – I was talking with a good friend this weekend about it. To an increasing rate, I have been missing uh, being – at the net mm, uh, yeah and so mm. uh, of course anytime you do something I mean, anybody who does something for totally. a long time and is passionate about something yeah uh, you feel uh, that tension yeah um, and so i've been feeling that for sure yeah uh, but overall really excellent yeah um and really proud of the net for, yeah. where, for where they're going yeah only on to bigger and better things which yeah is that's awesome. really cool yeah. dude that's epic um you told me a while ago about this dream that you had of doing like a new take on low income housing. Is that, is that still a dream? Okay. 
ready for the reveal? Yeah, dude. Okay, by the time this podcast goes live, Fort Worth Better Living Properties will have purchased its first home and begun renovations. Let's go, no dude. Do way. some low-income housing in Fort Worth. Um, so we're working through some of the details on how it's going to be. Um, we've, I've reached out to a couple of different groups to see uh, specifically who can be there, uh, if we can you know, work out a deal with another organization, um, or if we're going to just kind of try to step into just Section 8 housing and yeah. hopefully provide a, a little bit more care for the tenants that yeah. is common. Um, but with today's November 1st. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can date our podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, date uh, it. But today's November 1st, and on Wednesday, November 3rd, we are closing on Dude. our like, first property. Congrats, so bro. Thank cool. you. So I, uh, I'm stoked. It's like definitely uh, a little bit of dream come true, yeah. putting some legs to something yeah. I've talked about a lot over the years. Totally. So. <laughs> That's so what, cool. What makes your approach different from most low-income housing? Yeah, I think that uh, I think in 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 short, uh, I actually just believe that me and Julia will care more mm. about the tenants. Mm. Yeah, um, the truth is for low, there's not a lot of options, not a lot of housing options yeah. for poor, materially poor people. Yeah, and so what that means is that landlords can really exploit mm. people, and there's no repercussions. Gotcha. Mm. Right? It's like, all right, where else are you gonna go? Right, it's like, hey, your right. heater's not working, your AC's not working, uh, your you know roof is leaking. It's like, yeah. where else are you gonna go? Yeah, uh, and unfortunately for a lot of folks, it's like, man, I don't have anywhere else to go, and so right. you just hey. put up with terrible conditions or yeah. terrible relationships. Um, and so, in short, I think that what we're gonna do better, and kind of why we we named it Fort Worth Better Living, yeah, uh, is just because our goal is to provide quality housing for materially. Dude. people that is so cool way to go bro thank you yeah i'm uh, i'm stoked dude as you, you should, should be, be. Yeah. yeah dude that's huge um all right a couple more things i wanted to ask you about and i'm gonna butcher this word okay can you tell us about is it misogi <laughs> misogi um yes okay it, it is a a word that means to go after things that you are not sure you can accomplish to combat fear-based decision-making. Okay. And every year you pick something that's like your misogi, right? Yes. And kind of. Uh, that was the goal. Okay. Uh, and I've been convicted now by this conversation <laughs> because I've had a year or two off. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so initially... Um, and it's even more convicting because it's tattooed on my body. <laughs> uh, and so it's not just like, oh, this is an idea that you said you kind of liked. It's like you, you put it in ink. Man. Uh, <laughs> on your person. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we've done some things over the years. I uh, just walked a long way one time and Buddy and I tandem biked to Austin and never biked before. So uh, the kind of thought is like initially started with like something physical yeah. uh, that you're not sure you can accomplish. The sweet spot's kind of like 50-50 and... Uh, you don't necessarily train for it. You just kind of go for it. <laughs> you just do it. You just kind of go for it. And the goal is like, hey, I'm not going to let fear dictate my decision-making in yeah. life. Like, I'm going to just go for hard things. Right. Um, and then truthfully, life has just kind of slowed me down a little bit <laughs> in some ways. And I've been justifying. It's like, hey, maybe I won't do something physical. Maybe I can just, like, meditate for five <laughs> minutes. Like, I, I don't know that I can do that. Right. Like, I don't know that I can sit still for five minutes totally. that way. Um 
And so that is what Misogi is. And, okay. Uh, I need to jump on the train a little bit. When when did this idea first start for you? Ooh, man, maybe junior or senior year of college. Okay. Uh, I read an article um, all about Kyle Korver. If anybody, Kyle Korver is an NBA basketball player okay. uh, who linked up with a personal trainer on California, and they kind of developed this idea, and I was just obsessed with this article yeah. uh, and tried to, I got in touch with the personal trainer who made it, oh, no emailing way. back and forth a little no bit. No way. Uh, and I had, set this, I had set up a lunch with him and Kyle Korver. Okay. Uh, he was like, hey, we'll be out in California this summer. He'll be training with me. And I was like, cool, I'm going to hitchhike. I was like, as part of this, like, hey, I'm just going to hitchhike, like no plans. <laughs> like I'm going to make it to California. From Texas. From Texas. And then we're going to, you know, have a meal together to talk about this idea. Um, and so we we're like setting that up uh-huh. and then Kyle Corver made the Olympic team. Oh, no. Uh, and so he's son like, of a gun. He's like, hey, he's not going to be here anymore. He's yeah. on the Olympic. team. That was the hard thing he wanted to do to not <laughs> yeah. to combat fear based decision making. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that was that was kind of the intro. And then uh, me and a buddy ran with it a little bit and did some different things Dude, uh, and got some so tattoos. And then. Tell, We're here. Tell tell Brooke about the time that you walked from here to Dallas, because that's that doesn't sound intense, but that was very very intense. It was for me. I don't even like driving to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I hate driving. To yeah, Dallas. you're like screw it. I'm just gonna that's walk. Right. Uh, which actually, I've been almost killed more times <laughs> driving to and from Dallas, which is maybe it makes it a Masogi in itself. Sure, <laughs> it really did. Back. I'm, uh, I combat fear all the time. Right, I'm not sure I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so this was the first one. I just kind of like decided I was going to do something. And I woke up so one day. So you set the article down. And right. like, I'm going to walk to Dallas. And I woke up one day and it was like 6, 30, <laughs> 7 o'clock, whatever it was. And I, a buddy had a show in Dallas that he was doing that night concert. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to walk there. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's only, you know, people run marathons. 26, it was like a 38-mile walk right uh and so it's not like you mapped it (laughs) yeah yeah. i didn't know how to get there yeah Uh, you gotta go east um and so i it wasn't like anything crazy and after reading this article uh i was reading the kind of things that cal corver and his like olympic level personal trainer were doing right and i had to like put in my head it's like hey you are not a professional athlete (laughs) you are not going to do the same kinds of things that they're doing like make it appropriate for your life (laughs) uh anyway and so it was it was really challenging for me um i made it just barely in the nick of time for the concert (laughs) and i showed up so you walked for like 12 hours it was like yeah it was like 13 hours and like nine minutes. It was something like that. Uh, and did you the, walk on the highway? I walked down Lancaster all oh, the way. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, 180 all the way. Um, and I showed up and I looked miserable. Like I didn't well, prepare. I or because I didn't, like, you were. Stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, I was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and I'm sure I was like a little bit sunburned and like out of it. Yeah. Uh, and so Near death maybe. <laughs> I was feeling not great. And so I had a buddy that was like, dude, sit down and so i sat at the bar and i will never forget this it was two days before my 21st birthday and so the bouncer gave me an x on my hand yep uh, and i sat down at the bar and the bartender came by and i was like hey dude like sorry but if you're not 21 i can't have you sitting at the bar and i was like yeah no 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 problem 
Uh, and so I stood up and I passed out. <laughs> uh, oh, and no. my buddy caught me and put me back in the seat. Yeah. Uh, and the bartender, I kind of came to him and was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm cool, I'm cool. Uh, and the bartender came back and was like, hey, dude, I don't mean to be a douche, but I just told you you can't sit here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, sorry, I just passed out real quick. <laughs> yeah. like, You're like, I'm and back. I am stone cold sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so somebody saw me and was like, hey, you can actually have this chair. And I was like, bless you, bless you. Uh, That's unreal. And so that was the first one, yeah. Um, are there any misogies that you have thought about, but you've just never gotten around to? Man, um, there like, is like, like the Mount Rushmore of misogies. Right. Well, yeah, so yeah. it's funny that you say yeah. that. Pick four. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've always wanted to do like Everest. Okay. Uh, and that is uh, a far cry, uh, from what I'm capable of doing to the, at this point. Um, it requires training, so I break that rule. <laughs> sure. Um, but this is kind of funny. Uh, Carrie Crow, who owns Melt, oh, yeah. is big into Misogi. Okay. And I found this out because I just happened to be sitting next to her um, at Canon Chinese Kitchen, RIP. Dude. Uh, <laughs> RIP for real. I miss that place. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and she was talking to her group of friends about it. And so I was like, wait. You're talking about Misogi. And she's like, yeah, like, you know about this. And I was like, oh, it's tattooed, baby. <laughs> like, I, I know about this. Yeah. Uh, and so since then, she's been trying to get me to do things with her. Okay. Oh. Uh, but she does like 100 mile races in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Like, she is incredible. Uh, and so <laughs> we were talking not too long ago. And she goes, hey, we should do Everesting. She goes, have you heard of Everesting? And I was like, no, I have not heard of yeah. Everesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she goes, it's where you just in one, like you don't stop and you just climb a hill repeatedly until you hit the altitude of Everest. And so she goes, you know that huge hill downtown next to TCC that goes down to the river and then up to downtown? Yeah. She goes, I did the math 299 times. And I was like, Carrie, no. I cannot get up and down that hill 299 <laughs> times. Like I yeah. will just die. Yeah. Uh, you're like, and I have so, a son that I would like to watch get older. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and so I don't know if I have anything quite uh, – I'd like to do something with canoe. I think, like, the okay. next thing, like, I want to I want to do something, like, uh, canoe or kayak yeah. somehow. You're going to wear a life jacket? <laughs> I would probably wear a life okay, jacket. Okay, okay. Does your wife approve your outings before you're like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing that I may fail at? That's what – yeah, she does. Okay, good. Uh, and funny story uh, – one of the second one that we did, me and my buddy Graham McMillan, uh, we rode a tandem bike to Austin. Into mm-hmm. we did like two. It was near hundred mile days twice in a row. I had never cycled before. Uh, <laughs> really, I was in the back of the tandem bike, legs out. He pushed us the whole way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I had somehow convinced Julia to join me and Graham and Claire, Graham's wife. Yeah. Uh, they rode in the car behind us, made sure that we were okay the whole way. Um, they didn't really know each other. Me and Julie had only been dating for like a minute. Uh, and so she was very supportive from yeah. the get-go. Good for her. She is. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. That's fascinating. It probably doesn't take long to realize that Brooke and I love Fort Worth which is exactly why we are so excited to partner with Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby is a clothing brand based right here in Fort Worth designed to inspire wonder, reignite imagination, and give you a break from the norm. The shirts are fun, they're creative, and to be honest, they're just all around cool. 
And the best part is that our listeners get 20% off anything in the store when you use promo code NOWHEREClose at checkout. So hit up UncleBobbyWasHere.com and use promo code NOWHEREClose at checkout to get 20% off. You know what's expensive? Cologne. But you know what's even more expensive? Not smelling your best. But don't worry, because Guy Fox is the solution. The team at Guy Fox pride themselves on quality, affordability, and convenience so dudes can smell great without the hassle. The best way to do it is, is to go to guyfox.com and pick yourself up a starter kit. It comes with six uh, kind of signature scents that you can test out, and then once you find your unique scent, they'll send you a full bottle of that scent at no extra cost. It's incredible. And the best part is that if you go to GuyFox, G-U-Y-F-O-X.com and use code NOWHEREClose, you get 15% off your starter kit. So again, that is GuyFox.com and use code NOWHEREClose to get 15% off a starter kit. Can we ask you uh, a couple fun random questions? Please do. Uh, well, one, this isn't one of our usual ones, but anyone who knows you, one of the, the biggest identifiers about you is your mustache. A hundred percent. I feel like it is just a part of you. Thank you. I've when never, the, I've never seen his upper lip. Yeah. When, <laughs> which is the goal for my son to say when he gets married. Okay. Actually, I've never, never seen my dad's upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> when did the mustache start? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll go back a little bit. Okay. It started in high school. Uh, and before I could grow any facial hair, not okay. that I grow much nowadays. Uh, but man, I was freshman, sophomore in high school. And I was like, man, it'd be really funny. Like people are funny right. if yeah. they have a mustache. Um, and <laughs> sure. so I, I tell people, you have to just want it into existence. Just right. will it into existence. Um, the mustache. The mustache. Yeah. I didn't ask for a beard. Yeah. Like I wasn't praying for a beard. I just wanted a mustache. <laughs> uh, and so... It started then, and then nothing happened for years. Yeah. Uh, until about junior year in college. Okay. When it started to become a little bit more of a reality. Just fervent prayer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, you hit five ten, and that mustache <laughs> popped up. Yeah, I'm sure they go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so about junior year of college, it became a little bit, a little bit more real, um, and grew it out, uh, and. I had no plans for it to go anywhere and had one job interview my senior year, about January of senior year of college. And uh, I, I had never trimmed it before. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this is like a job interview. And I didn't want the job. I regret yeah. it to this day. Uh, but I was like, man, I should go trim this thing a little bit, look a little bit more professional. Uh-oh. And never done it before. And so I teeter-tottered it up my face. <laughs> uh, you know, couldn't quite get it straight uh, until I was like, you know what? Forget it. This is terrible. I got to shave it. And so I shaved it. I showed up to the job interview and I met with his buddy earlier that day. And my interview, first thing he said was like, oh man, I was told you had a good mustache. No <laughs> way. First thing, and I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> uh, and so that was the only time I shaved. And so from that day forward, it's, no it's way. been here. <laughs> it's a part of you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's not a personality trait, but you get points. Thank you. You get points for the stash. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, that's amazing. I, uh, I had a mustache for a season. 
I loved it. There's just something about it just makes you feel. It's dignifying. Yeah, it yeah. is. Okay. That's, that's as a woman in the room. What is yeah. what is it though? Because women see that and they're like, "Oh my god, he has a mustache!" And like nine times out of ten, yours looks great. Thank but you. nine times out of ten, <laughs> girls are like, "Girls are like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like he has a mustache." And like, if my brother like grows his facial hair out, I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, you you got to clean up." I mean, not- so what is it for y'all that it's like? I have to have hair on my face. Not mm. all mustaches are created equal. Let's just <laughs> okay. go ahead and get that out. Okay. Right? Fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. If it's blonde, <laughs> a little bit of a disadvantage off the, off the bat. Sure. Yeah. So like this mustache that I'm looking at right now is is quite majestic. It's a really good mustache. Thank you. The hardest yeah. part about growing a mustache is getting through the awkward phase where it's like thick okay. enough to be considered a mustache. Okay. And okay. When, and to me, if you can get through it, there's something. There's one, something about it. One, you feel accomplished. Do you feel more confident? Uh, I do. I do. Yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Fascinating. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. For me, and and, and here's where this really started. <laughs> sure. Is uh, if you look at Josh now, we're going to talk about looking like Josh kind of has a little bit of like five o'clock shadow. Yeah, he's got some scrub all over, right? Yeah. But yeah. It, like, it's like, hey, that looks great because it's you know consistent. It's even. It's yeah. even. <laughs> you know, he's got the whole beard. Yep. I don't grow any other facial hair. Than just your mustache. Little, I can get a little soul patch. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so it's just, and so unless I shave every day against the grain, it just looks dirty. It's like, so oh. people are like, oh, you kind of just rubbed your lip in the dirt. <laughs> uh, and so this started as a lesser of two evils kind of thing. It's like, really? I don't want to shave every day. Yeah. Uh, and still like just permanent five o'clock shadow, but only on my lip. Um, and oh, so I was like, yes. I'm just going to grow it. Yeah. Uh, and then I couldn't get rid of it. That's so funny. Has your wife ever seen you without a mustache? She has for that like two week period. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. She has. And she, her rule is like, hey, you either have it or you don't. There like, is no you halfway. Can't, you can't like be flippy floppy here because <laughs> that in between period, like Josh said, is yeah. that's tough times. Okay. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it's, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unbearable. I, but my, so the last time that I had a mustache, speaking of trimming it, I was trying to trim it up and I got this little trimmer and my, and my hand slipped. And so I shaved off half of the mustache <laughs> on one of the sides. Yes. So naturally I was like, like okay. the end. I was, I was like, it's cool. I can just even, shave off the other even side, it. you know, even it out. <laughs> that made it yeah, worse. Yeah. Dude, it was a total Hitler stash. Like it wasn't even like a Charlie Chaplin stash. It was a full on, yeah. you oh, no. look like a Nazi. And I was like, oh, now I have to shave the whole thing. Yeah. And you never went back. And I never, <laughs> well, I just never had the ability to go through it again, you know? Okay. But, you know. It's not too late, man. It's not too late. Missouri 2021. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually tried uh, last year, Hills and I got COVID right before Thanksgiving. And so I was like, we're not going to see anyone for a long time, at least 14 days. Right. So I want to just try to just grow this thing out for f- f- 14 days and see what happens. Which is bold. Yeah, like you said, you weren't gonna see anybody else, and right. you risked making angry the only person. That you <laughs> that's such a good perspective. <laughs> that, that's a great point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. So here we are. Notice those. I'd like for you to bring it back. Thanks, man. Yeah. We'll see. I'll cast my vote. Yeah. We'll see. Um. All right. Other fun random questions. My favorite question to ask people that come on this podcast is, "What are your oddly specific love languages? So things that make you specifically feel really uniquely." known and loved okay um that is a great question uh i have a couple okay yeah um first is donuts 
Mm. Oh. If somebody brings me a donut at any time, I will just feel incredibly loud. <laughs> really? Uh, just, Are I, you into like the gourmet ones that like? I'm into every donut. Okay. Dude, I've same. never met one I didn't like. Okay. The Donettis, you can bring Hostess Donettis, you can yeah. bring, you know, Funky Town with the bacon. It's, I like it all. Okay. Um, and I will feel loved. Uh, okay. Along those same lines, uh-huh. uh, for a more mature audience, tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> if at any point no, you throw down a bottle of tequila and a couple glasses, I will join you <laughs> and love that moment. No. And, yeah. Okay. That, that is oddly specific. Yeah. I feel like you're a very celebratory person. I feel like you look for reasons to celebrate. I try. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it really comes naturally to me. Yeah. Uh, but I've recognized in a couple of friends of mine who like really have that skill yeah. and uh, how important yeah. that is and how much people feel cared for. Totally. Uh, and I want people to feel cared for. And, and so I try. Yeah. Dude, I love that. My mom's great at that. So yeah. I'm learning from her. Dude. That's such a good quality. Awesome. I love the way you describe that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ibro, what is your favorite story to tell? Uh, I have a couple. Okay. And so we can we can decide here. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. If if we have time for one. Okay. Uh, do we want number one or number two? Okay. What uh what's number one and or or are we just blindly picking? We it's it's blind. It's a blind. Oh, okay. it's like what's behind door number one That's or door right. number two. Let's do door number two. Okay, door number two. (laughs) I always pick even numbers. Okay, nice. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, (laughs) I'll listen to the love language, even numbers. (laughs) On the radio the whole day. Yeah. Uh, Okay, story that I love to tell. Uh, A lot of my good stories come from my days at the net. Okay. Um, And and so at Bingo and Bagels, we had morning breakfast every Friday, and we would do what we call family time, where we just give everybody the opportunity to share what's going on in their life, have an opportunity to be heard, um, and then we would kind of encourage and pray for people. Um, and it was a really sweet time. Um, and we had this buddy named Joel who loved to give public service announcements during this time, <laughs> specifically around the flu. Okay. Uh, and it was like, every time he'd start off, he'd say, hey, flu season's coming back and it's taking no prisoners. <laughs> Wash oh, no. your hands, cover your mouth. And he would just go through his routine public service announcement. Uh, and that was a commonplace thing. It was yeah. like, thank you, Joel. Yep, make sure you're staying safe, guys. Uh, however, I will not forget in December uh, of 2019, oh. my man Joel stands up and he goes, hey, guys, there's the coronavirus, and it's coming to get us. <laughs> and I remember standing. He got he, the jump on corona. And he made like a big deal about it. He made his public service announcement. At this time, very few people have heard of this. Right. Uh, yep. And so people you know, are starting to get like a little bit fidgety. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm standing on stage and I say, guys, quick note, there is one person on a cruise ship off the coast of Japan where they have found something called coronavirus. It is not in Fort Worth. You definitely do not <laughs> need to worry about coronavirus. Uh, and then he got a big told you so. Later on. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Real big told you Wow. So. Yeah. And so it was my public service announcement. It was like, guys, yeah. coronavirus, fine. not something <laughs> to worry about. You're like, we don't make fear-based decisions. <laughs> Let's not think about it. Yeah. And so <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I know. I love, I love telling wow. people that. Dude, What's on Joel, Joel's he, radar right now? Yeah. He called it, man. Yeah. He, he called yeah. it. Yeah. He was ahead of the game. Yeah. No <laughs> we need to let him like pick numbers in Vegas or something. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, Wow, yeah. what are the odds? Yeah. 
All right, bro. This show is called Never Close to Famous. However, if you could be famous for one thing, what would that be? Yes, and I'm actually going to parlay the last question to this because they do go hand in hand a little bit. Um, if I could be famous for one thing, and it's kind of silly, uh, it would be designing a way to win games. <laughs> what? Yes. Okay, so I have a theory okay. that if somebody worked at it like a job full time yeah. and entered contests, radio contests, TV contests, uh, you know, found groups to put together the pieces at McDonald's Monopoly, <laughs> I think that you could make it a full-time job. You can make enough money to survive, you know, selling, you know, the cooler that you win right. at Academy, the whole bit, uh, until you hit a big one. And so that's my theory. <laughs> I'd like to be famous okay. uh, for that. And I, in turn, I have a dream that I'm yeah. the first person to win Mega Millions and Powerball in the same week. Oh, uh, oh okay. And so Keep the, your day those, job. <laughs> <laughs> they keep telling me that. Uh, <laughs> And so anyway, that is, that's what I'd like to be famous for. It's like, oh, dude, that guy just decided to play games one day. <laughs> he just and broke like, the system. And if you just like put a little bit of effort into it, mm-hmm. like. You win. You win. Dude. You okay. cannot play or you cannot win if you don't play. Hey, that's, that's what I've heard. Valid. You know, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Dude, that's so. Best of luck. Can I keep talking? I have a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick. This yeah. is funny. Uh, I think. So I was telling my mother-in-law this idea over Christmas this past year. Yeah. The games idea? The games idea. Okay. I was like, hey, I think that I'm just going to go for this. <laughs> She's and like, I let him marry my daughter. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what she was thinking. And she is the sweetest woman in the entire world. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I see it. <laughs> uh, like, I'm not maybe. Uh, and so I was like, I'll prove it to you. Uh, and so that night, mm-hmm. brushed my teeth, sat in bed. I just Googled like Fort Worth contest. Yeah. I entered a contest on our local NBC station. Yeah. Uh, and like two days later, I got a call from the Ellen show that what? was like, hey, you have won $500 from no. Ellen. And I could not stop talking about it. <laughs> and I spent that $500 probably five times over. And every time I made a purchase, I said, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I, Ellen's covering this. <laughs> Dude, I've never heard that before. Yeah. And so it was like, hey, that is a dumb idea. Not going to work. Same day, 500 bucks. Dude, that's incredible. You know, maybe you are onto something. Come on. Um, are you into like game shows? Uh, No. No. I like them. Like I will watch any sort of game show. Sure. Uh, but I don't. Because I feel like if shows. you're gonna transition careers into playing games, like you're, sure. like you're gonna have to get into the game shows, because yes. because like there is some money to be won, no doubt, in some of those shows, no doubt. And I think with like a more specific, targeted strategy, <laughs> you can find a way to get on to different shows. But and you're only competing against people who don't have a strategy, right? Right. And totally. so it's not like you're competing, idiots. Against like, <laughs> no, just like people are like, oh, this could be fun. But if you worked at it, I just right. think that you could like. Have a structure, design a way totally. to really increase your chances. Okay. If you could be on any game show, which show Ooh. would you choose? Um, probably Price is Right. Classic. Uh, yeah. Only, I don't think it has the most financial upside, <laughs> uh, but would watch it with my Nana growing yeah. up, and that was something that we did. And totally. so, um, Bob Barker should be on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. Presidents and Bob Barker. And Bob Barker. Uh, yeah, you can leave up who's on there. Just add Bob Barker. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. And so yeah. That, I would go on price. It's just the energy, man. You can't yeah. compete with that kind of energy. Yeah. I feel that. Dude, thank you so much for stopping by. This was so fun. I've had an incredible time. Good. Okay. Honored to be here. <laughs> You're the best. Thanks, bro. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Alex. And if you did, there are many more coming your way just like it. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And another fun way to keep up with us is to give us a follow on Instagram. And you can find us at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. As always, thanks for tuning in. Stay ordinary.